Remember One Thing or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses and decide, is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Knights of the Round for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, we've been, um, we've been, we've liked this game for a long time. Right, yeah, this was one of the... The very first games that kind of made me fall back in love with retro games. Yeah, we've uh, before today we had never beaten this game despite playing it multiple times together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've never beaten the the Super Nintendo version of this game, and uh, I, it's kind of salty because we've made it to the final boss a bunch <laughs> of times and then just get destroyed. Right, and it's funny too. I think that um, the seed of this show actually probably came from us hanging out playing Knights of the Round. There, That's a good possibility for sure. So I'm really yeah. glad we're doing this. I've been asking, you know, for over a year now, hey, we're going to play Knights of the Round. When are we going to do that one? And then today, I was not expecting this at all. Yeah. So I'm really happy we got to play it. I'm really happy we finally got to beat it, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, quote unquote beat it. Well, you know, we beat it in the same way that we beat a lot of these games. Yeah. <laughs> With a little bit of assistance from our yeah. friends, the cheats. Right. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know or has never heard of this game, it is uh, a Capcom beat-em-up based on King Arthur, the Knights of the Round Table. Not um, all the knights, but you got Arthur and you got Lancelot and Percival or Parzival or Parzival. I don't know. He's got a <laughs> He's got some aliases. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the arcade version came out in 1991. Um, the Super Nintendo version came out in 1994. And so today we took a look at the, the Super Nintendo version, but we also played the arcade version, so we'll probably be discussing both. Yeah. But do you want to get into what the game did well? Yeah, let's just jump right in. I think for me, you know, I love beat-em-up games, and for me this is about as classic of a beat-em-up game as you can get. Um, not a whole lot of frills, not a whole lot of, you know, extra stuff, but mm-hmm. you got your attack button that does some different hacks and slashes. You got a jump button and you can move around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you hit your attack button and your jump button at the same time, you do a special move that does a whole bunch of damage yeah. and knocks guys over, but it also hurts you. And these are really basic beat em up tropes that you find in pretty much every beat em up game. Yeah. You also have a block button too. You do. Yeah, I forgot about that. You do have a block button, which uh, <laughs> is important. Those, yeah. it's, it is important. It's one of those things that uh, maybe if you're newer to this kind of game and you're just trying to hack and slash your way through, you might not even bother using that, that button. And I don't think that I even knew it existed until today. So you can see where <laughs> my level of skill is when it comes to beat ups. I love these games. I don't claim to be good at them, but they are just so fun to maul through hordes of bad guys. Yeah. Well, if you don't use the block button, though, there's pretty much no way you're ever going to beat this game because it it punishes you for not blocking. Yeah, you definitely... Is... If you pull off a block and at the right timing and you parry an attack, it gives you, I don't know, a good few seconds of invincibility and you can really go to town on the bad guys in that time. Yeah, I, I agree that this is a, sort of a kind of generic beat-em-up, but I think it does just enough unique to make it stand out. Oh, yeah. Um, One of the things that I have that it it um did well is that it stays in its lane it knows what it is it's it's a beat em up it doesn't try to be anything else it doesn't try to do anything too crazy well 
I might disagree with you a little bit there because it, <laughs> it's got a tiny, tiny bit of like that RPG element as well. Yeah, well, a little bit, but I'm saying it doesn't stray too far from the path. I think yeah. it does just enough unique, but nothing like super weird. Like the other night we played, uh, we tried out that Night Slashers game on, on Switch. Yeah. That Data East beat em up and it's like, it's a horror themed beat em up that was on sale. And I was like, I've heard of this game. People like this game. And we checked it out and it was like, this is fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. But other than that, there was like nothing really where I'm like, oh, I really want to go beat that game. Or I want to keep playing it. <laughs> Whereas there's something about Knights of the Round that for years, like literally we've come back to this game and enjoyed it. And I'm like, it's not really doing anything crazy. So what is it? And I think it's like doing just enough unique to it. Yeah. To give you like to make it interesting. I think one of those really unique things and the RPG element, I guess, that I kind of hinted at already is that you don't really have, you know, you don't have stats. You don't have different attributes. I mean, you do, but you're not like leveling up. It's not like you're taking uh, points and putting them into different categories or like using a a skill tree or something. But every time your dude levels up, so there's different... um, marks that you might hit it might be like 10,000 points and then 23,000 points and 40,000 points or whatever it kind of seems like it doubles every time but when you hit those marks your dude levels up he gets all of his health back and he gets a new piece of armor so yeah. I think there's like 16 different levels that you can mm-hmm. go and every time you level up your dude gets like more armor he's getting beefier and so just by the time you get to the end of the game you're kind of like a walking tank with all this shiny armor and you kind of start with like dull silver or brass armor and then by the end by like level 12 you've got like shining gold armor and it's mm-hmm. just getting ridiculous and awesome and your sword or your axe is getting huge and that is one of the things that I love about it just that little bit of level up element that lets you see some progress in your character throughout the game yeah it adds um sometimes points in games just feel completely worthless nowadays (laughs) a lot of times and so now the points actually serve as more of like an exp sort of experience bar rather than um just worthless points and it plays into the fact of like you can share loot and you don't want to just hoard it all if you're being you know nice to your friends because it actually kind of matters a little bit yeah i actually have that down for this game that it promotes sharing Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm (laughs) and so many of these games it's kind of just like if you see a power up you want to just grab it and hoard it and it's like grab all the power ups and we've definitely played beat-em-up games where (laughs) we are very selfish yeah but this game gives you that mechanism to actually share so -hmm. if you see a big pile of treasure and you hit it with your sword it'll cut it up into four smaller treasures or if you see a big uh health thing like there's uh salads and chickens and like yeah. beef stick things <laughs> i don't even know how you describe that meat and if you, donuts yeah like big old <laughs> meat hunks and if you hit them with your sword you can split it up and then it's like okay i'm gonna take half of these i'm gonna leave half for my friend or whatever and it's a very different style of gameplay that that promotes than a lot of beat-em-ups also kind of going back to that point thing you were talking about about how so many games have worthless points there's been a whole bunch of games we've played for this podcast where I've been like, we get to the end of a level or like the end of the game. I'm like, yeah, I had more points than you. And you're like, who cares? Why yeah, does it matter? And I'm right. like, oh, I guess it doesn't really matter. But in this <laughs> game, the points serve a purpose. You're right. It's like your experience bar. Yeah. One of the things that the game does to set itself apart from other beat-em-ups is the fact that you can split the loot up. And what's interesting about that mechanic is like there might be a box of treasure that's worth 500 if you pick it up. But if you split it up, it's like four bits of 180 points a piece and so it's worth a little bit more 
um, then it would be worth like, you know, a hundred and something points more. See, now you can maybe. still you can still chop it up and steal it all yeah, for yourself if right. you're stuck in that hoarding mentality. But it really does try to promote the whole like co-op sharing aspect, which is unique, I think, for these beat em up games. Yeah, for sure. Another thing that really stands out to me about this game is that it doesn't feel unfair or overly difficult. Um, we've played we played a lot of these games where it's just like you get stun locked or you get trapped or you're just like facing an endless horde of guys and it feels like you're not getting anywhere. And this game doesn't really ever feel like that where it's like unfair, completely too difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually have almost exactly that. I have written down the game mostly seems fair and the, dif- <laughs> <laughs> the difficulty felt balanced to me. Yeah. Now, granted, in the options menu, you can set it on like what? Easy, medium and hard. Yeah. Um, we played it on easy just because as you we've, do, we've never beaten the game and we still didn't technically beat it without cheating no. on easy. But we made it to the last level, which is always where we make it on this one for some reason. Um, but after we fought the last boss with infinite lives, it was like, there would have been no way that we would have beaten it. I'm pretty sure we've made annoying. it. Yeah, it is. I feel like we've made it to the end on normal mode as well. Cause I know a lot of probably times you like to play in normal mode. I'm always going yeah. for the easy mode. I'm like, I just want to, I want to win. I want to win. <laughs> I want to feel like super powerful. I'm not like, I'm not into like the grindy hard games for the sake of being hard like you're never going to catch me playing dark souls or something i'm just a big fan of when the dark queen shows up and you know accuses you oh i'm sorry when t-bird shows up and accuses you of (laughs) of cheating even even though the dark queen doesn't even cheat it's a throwback to battle toads when if you play on easy mode or if you use the level select screen you get to the end he's like oh well good job but at least the dark queen doesn't cheat like okay man whatever don't even call me next time the universe is in trouble <laughs> thankfully there is none of that in Knights of the Round you can yeah. beat the game on easy mode you can beat the game with cheats and it will not yell at you or chastise you or make you feel less than yeah I think um, man there's there's a game that I've been playing lately that hasn't been making me feel particularly good um, and it's almost just like why did you guys design this game this way because it doesn't make me feel good as a player when I'm doing really well and I'm still losing at the game, <laughs> <laughs> which it'll come up on, on a future show. So that's why I'm not going to really like say what it is. But this game, it, it shows why this part of why this game is good because it like makes you feel good as a player because like, yeah. it's balanced because it's it has this really good pacing where you're never fighting too much on screen at once. Yeah. Like you're always busy fighting something, but it's never like overwhelming and annoying i don't uh, and a lot of beat-em-ups i find myself doing this thing where i don't know if i'm watching the screen or not <laughs> you're just mashing that yeah you're just mashing button. buttons and out of the corner of your eye you're like moving to the next like moving target on the screen and going to punch it <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know if i had that experience today with, with this one i think i was watching it the whole time <laughs> yeah for the most part oh man <laughs> I so. just play games as a means to pass the hours. <laughs> uh, for me, the last thing that I have written down of what this game does really well is I really like the the art style, like the concept of this game, the whole Knights of the Round Table. Um, the graphics are really cool. The idea of just being like knights is really cool. You have the three different characters. They're each very different. And uh, as they level up, you know, um, Percival has this cool like giant shoulder armor and a huge sword. He's only got armor on half of his body, (laughs) which is like hilarious. I don't understand the practicality behind it at all, but he's just like this big lumbering dude with this massive like shoulder armor and like gauntlet and all this stuff. And then you have Arthur, who's just like your typical knight kind of guy. And then you have Lancelot, who's 
more like kind of styled on like a ninja samurai but then he also gets a whole bunch of armor as you level him up too so it's interesting i really like the art style of this game i I like that they differentiated the three characters a lot and i like the the medieval setting yeah i find um i don't know that i love the art on this one i think Mm. i think it's fine it's just fine yeah there's nothing about it that really stands out to me other than like i like that the characters the sprites change as you level up and yeah. I like their suits of armor and stuff. I think the characters look cool, but I think generally speaking, the, the art doesn't really do much for me in this one. All right. So I right. have to agree to disagree on that. That's fine. Do you have anything else in the column of what you think this game does well? Uh, no, I think we kind of touched on everything that I think the game does well so far. All right. Well then agreeing to disagree is a good place to pivot. Yeah. All right. Um, for me, you guys know this about me. If you've been listening to this show, you know that I love the cutscenes. Okay, and this game does have two cutscenes. There's not really <laughs> a whole lot that's special about them. They're not bad. They're not good. But I've got a major beef with the game's opening cutscene. Okay. And you know this game is all based around the Knights of the Round Table, the Legend of King Arthur, and it shows you as King Arthur pulling Excalibur from the stone. which is a load of crap because Excalibur doesn't come from the stone. That's the sword in the stone. He gets Excalibur from a lake, from the Lady in the Lake, and they're two different swords, and this game is conflating the two, and they're perpetuating a false narrative, and I don't (laughs) like that. I don't like that. Uh, We're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. Wait, this is that's wrong. (laughs) It's like you got a key part of the story wrong. Um, What is the sword in the stone? The sword in the stone is its own thing. That's just what it is. It's the sword in the stone. It's its own separate sword. I don't know, because... Maybe it's he gets Excalibur from the Lady in the Lake. That sounds familiar, but the Sword in the Stone also sounds familiar. It is. No, it's a real thing. And he, he gets both swords, but they're it's different. A real thing. They're different swords. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. This reminds um, me of that scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where the the King Arthur, he you know, he's going through and he's like sees some peasants harvesting poop i think i don't even know what's <laughs> happening in this scene but he tells them that he's the king and they're like well who made you king and he said well the lady of the lake gave me the sword and they're like some lady in the water handing out swords is not <laughs> not a good representative means of government and it's just like that's true you know you don't get to be king just because some damp lady handed you a weapon or whatever but that's totally off topic but the sword and the stone and excalibur are different swords and you only have like a tiny bit of story in this game and they got it completely wrong so that's that just bugs me a little bit <laughs> it's important if you're gonna have even like know, four man. lines of story in the whole game like get the story right yeah but it's whatever <laughs> <laughs> all right we can move on i just got a little steamed up about it only you well there's somebody else out there who's like yeah man yeah i remember playing this game in 1991 in the arcade and i was pissed about that uh, uh, uh le- listeners let us know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know actually don't let us know because i don't think our inbox can handle the number yeah. of you who agree with me on this one uh, yeah send us a dm on instagram <laughs> 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 with whether or not the sword and the stone should be involved with king arthur or not well, and if you even knew that he is, it is the sword and the stone has nothing to do with king arthur apparently no, it does have something to do with king arthur it's not excalibur it doesn't matter <laughs> moving on to actual <laughs> gameplay complaints for so me he, he's got two special swords yes he's got they're separate all right you're conflating the which two. one is the sword that came from the stone then the sword in the stone 
What's the name of the it sword? It doesn't get a name. Most swords don't have names. Most swords do have names, according to Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could be wrong. I could be wrong with this, but I think that the Arthurian legend was around before Game of Thrones. I'm not positive about that, but I think that that's I'll true. have to send George R. R. Martin an email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure he would know. Anyway, moving on to what this game actually does poorly as far as gameplay goes. Something that really stands out to me is that the game sometimes feels a little bit sluggish. Mm. And not just, I mean, it does have a problem sometimes with like dropping frames when there's a whole lot going on. Yeah. But not really just that because that only happens a few times. But like there's a lot of times when you don't feel like you're moving around as fast as you want or you're not blocking as smoothly as you want. Mm. And it just doesn't respond as quickly as I would always want it to. The thing, the only thing, while I, I definitely agree when it gets busy, like it starts slowing down. Um, the only time I felt like the game felt sluggish was when I was trying to block sometimes yeah. and it didn't feel like I had just turned around and it wouldn't block or it felt like, um, cause if you hold block too long, then your guy gets tired if nobody attacks you. Yeah. Um, and so there's like a weird timing window with the animation and the blocking or like being stunned and you can't block or something where it just makes you feel like you don't quite have as much control yeah as you would like to or you feel like you should um but i don't feel like it happened that often for for me to feel like this game doesn't feel right well it wasn't even just that blocking though but even just like your movements like trying to like move your dude around didn't always feel as like crisp and fast as like say a modern beat-em-up game would Hmm. yeah i mean i don't yeah, I just I don't. <laughs> we're I'm just like, gonna we're not gonna agree yeah. on any of this stuff. That's fine. All right. Were we playing the same game? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I was just like still hung up on that whole intro scene. Maybe I just wasn't watching the screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a possibility. Well, let's move on to something else. Maybe we can find something we agree on on what this game doesn't do well. Oh man, um, I felt like the music department left me a little disappointed on this one. I didn't really notice it one way or the other. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like epic or amazing or well, standing out. I felt like the music was kind of meh and there wasn't a lot of music. Like it, it plays the same few pieces over and over again. It did hang on to the same pieces for quite a long time. And so I feel like that's got to go in the, what it doesn't do well column just because it like, there's, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. That was, was good. Like, what is what is this music? I'm like I'm getting sick of listening to the same song in every level. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one. Try this on for size. All right, you just let me know right away if you don't agree with this, and we'll just move on because I'm I'm kind of striking out here. But another thing that I think this game doesn't do well is that the bad guy selection is kind of limited, and you kind of see the majority of the bad guys pretty quickly off the off the beginning you know in the first couple levels and then you don't really expand past that you got fat man you got tall man you got bird man you got buster these are actual names that they have in the game you got skywalker you got skywalker um who is sort of like a magician kind of guy and you know there's there's a few more but it seems like you kind of repeat the same dudes over and over for a while and then you move into more of like an arabian nights themed area Mm -hmm. and then you repeat that collection of characters for the rest of the game so it's kind of split up into two halves and uh you kind of seem to repeat the same bad guys a lot see that that was something i thought about putting down but then I, as i thought about it i think there's like a good 
number of different enemies. You do see the same enemies throughout the seven levels, but it seems like there's probably like, I want to say like 15 or 16 different enemy types. See, now I'm starting to agree with you. But you know what? We are aligning a little bit more, so I don't know yeah. what's going on today. Usually we're pretty much on the same wavelength with these things, but... Uh, well, I'm like, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, so I'm saying we're starting to align, but... But we're I was still... kind of like, do I put that in what the game doesn't do well? Because it is, the enemies do feel very repetitive, but like there's a lot of them. So it's kind of like, well, do is it really a problem? Because I really do think there are like 15 or 16 different enemy types. Um, I mean that probably includes like mini bosses yeah but so, something that it does do well um with the different enemies is that you don't ever end up fighting like the same kind too too many times in a row yeah like there's definitely some beat-em-up games especially where you like get to the inevitable motorbike level where you end up fighting like <laughs> nine thousand guys on motorbikes which thankfully the medieval level saves us from that we don't even get like a horde of horses there are the tigers though that yeah. you fight a whole bunch of tigers at one point so yeah maybe maybe i just like i don't know why i thought this you're right there are a whole bunch of different bad guy types i just like remember getting near the end of the game like really fat man again really tall man again but you're right there actually are a lot of different types of bad guys but you're not wrong though is the thing because i almost put it down but then i i second guessed myself and i was like you know what no i don't think i think it's somewhere in the middle on that one of what it does well and what it doesn't do well it's one of those things where if this game was made today each of the seven levels would have had like very different bad guys and they could have even been the same like soldier and like spear soldier and all that but they might have had different like uniforms or whatever to match the levels which would have made them feel different but just like looking at this as a super nintendo games it is it is impressive how many bad guys they got in there but just thinking about today how that would probably be a little bit different so that it tricked you into thinking that there was more variety than there really was yeah yeah it's a a weird one i don't think we've ever really had that kind of this is a weird game it is it's, it's a very different beat-em-up than a lot of the ones we've played and now that you mentioned like the motorbike level i feel like that's another like mark in the column of this game being more unique as a beat-em-up <laughs> <laughs> there was no motorbike level yeah it, you're it's every level is just walking to the right and beating guys up yep you don't get that too often in these games we didn't have a surfing <laughs> level we were never on boats in a river yeah yeah that's true <laughs> um uh, the the last thing that i have that the game didn't do well is the difficulty spike on the final boss <laughs> Yeah, they definitely Dude. knew like, okay, we're going to let them get to the final boss, but man, they are not going to get through the final boss unless they dump a bazillion quarters into this game. This is such a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> and like I was I was mentioning earlier about games making you feel good. Like this is the polar opposite of like feeling accomplished and good after playing a game. Like this game does such a good job of, of making you kind of like feel powerful and feel like you're doing well throughout the game. And then the final boss just like he's constantly jumping in the air. He's invincible when he jumps in the air. He spits out like fire when he lands and you have like these very small windows to hit him in. And it's just it just got so annoying to like fight him or like all the good feelings that you have from this game are just like, all right, when is this fight going to be done? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It was it's one of those things where you play an hour. The game lasts about an hour and you get to the final boss and then you just get annihilated and you know your only option is to restart the game over play for another hour and then hope that you can get there with more continues and try to beat him 
Right. And the weird thing, too, because we played the arcade version right after, was I think it's level four in the arcade version. He's like a silver version of the final boss in the Super Nintendo version. Yeah. With like the same mechanics, but they were easier. And then the final boss in the arcade version is actually different than the Super Nintendo version. Yeah, he had a horse for half the battle, and then he didn't seem as like spammy in his attacks and his jumping and stuff. So for the most part, the arcade version felt like a really, or the Super Nintendo version felt like a really faithful port of the arcade version um, in almost every single respect. And then they switched those two bosses, and the Super Nintendo version was just like this terrible final boss. But the arcade version, the final boss wasn't bad. He was just as short as the rest of the bosses and kind of it didn't kick you while you were down and make you hate your life for, <laughs> you know, the last five minutes of the game. So that was, um, yeah, I mean, besides the music, like just the, that difficulty spike is really the only thing that I'm like, this, yeah, eh, this game didn't do these things well. So, all right, I've got one more thing here. And uh, this is this is one of those things that's interesting to me because, like we said, this is a really like classic standard beat 'em up game. But mm-hmm. if you're looking about comparing this game to like a modern beat 'em up game, and one of the big things that stands out is just there's, I wish that there was more pickups or like um, level interaction. Like there's some barrels that you can destroy and some like uh, <laughs> barriers you can destroy and so you get stuff barrels. out of them. But if this was like a modern beat 'em up game. There would have been like more weapons that you could have picked up. You would have been able to like pick up the barrels and throw them at people. Um, there are a couple of like horses that come out that you can ride, mm-hmm. um, but even those feel a little bit clunky. You have to like hit a <laughs> button to make them turn around, and uh, they don't feel fast. Like they walk just as fast as your character does, mm-hmm. unless like you double tap forward and then they kind of jump. But they don't really go any faster, um, and they didn't really feel powerful. So I kind of just like if this game was made today, I'd like to see like some more like weapon pickups or like power up pickups, or even just being able to like interact with the scenery and like grab stuff and throw them. Um, it's just like one of those things that kind of stood out of the basics of this game are there, but it just feels a little bit too basic in some aspects. Mm, Gotcha. If it was made today, it would be castle crashers. Exactly. Which (laughs) without the humor. Yeah. Which is basically a lot, you know, Castle Crashers has a lot in common with this game. Yeah. Um, but instead of, you know, when you level up, you can, uh, your dude just gets a bigger sword and bigger armor. And Castle Crashers, you know, you unlock the ability to get new weapons and stuff. So yeah. um, you're right. Yeah, that, that's the difference between like a modern beat em up game and one of these old retro ones is just like the amount of extra stuff you can do, I guess. Yeah. It definitely does feel pretty bare bones by today's standards but it's still a fun game it is i mean i i love this game i mean this was definitely one of my all-time favorite beat-em-up games until i played more beat-em-up games uh, i still really like this game wow. i have a lot of fun with this game i i think this is a, a, well. a great game i got really excited when i saw that the capcom beat-em-up com- uh what Bun- is that called bundle bundle thank you i was gonna say capcom beat-em-up combo but Capcom <laughs> Beat'em Up Bundle came out on the Switch. I bought that the day it came out, and I've played all those games. But even in that collection, I went into buying that collection and thinking, like, oh, man, Knights of the Round, I'm buying it just for that. And mm-hmm. then playing a bunch of those games, like, I realized there's even other games in that collection, a, a few other games in that collection that I think I might actually like better than Knights of the Round. Yeah. it's kind of It kind of hurts my heart a little bit, Jordan, to hear you I love I, I love this game. This is a great game. You've changed. 
And if I want just like a, <laughs> if I want to introduce somebody to just like a straight up beat em up game, this one is perfect. It's got the, you know, the really basic things down, you know, the punch, jump, super attack, move around. You got the leveling up, which is a really cool thing that a lot of basic beat em up games don't have. It's got a lot of really cool stuff. But as I've played more and as I've played some modern ones, it just like, its age does show in some regards. <sighs> but think about Hyperstone Heist, though. Dude, that was literally that was 31 so... episodes ago or something. <laughs> I, I do not remember Hyperstone Heist. We Think haven't played it in a year and a half. any of the Ninja Turtles games, though. They're still so good. They are. Even without all the bells and whistles, you're fighting purple foot soldiers, then you're fighting white foot soldiers, and you're fighting red foot soldiers. See, the like... thing with those games, like the Ninja Turtles <laughs> games, I love them. We've had fun. We I think we recommended both the ones that we've played, but... And then I've even gone since we've started this podcast and played uh, my Game Boy one that I had when I was a kid. Yeah. And they're all good, but they're all just like kind of the same. And so I like Knights of the Round because it is different and it's got like, I don't know, it, it's different. But my point is a beat em up can still be fantastic without the modern tropes of, of you know, extra RPG elements and and leveling up and stuff like that because the Ninja Turtle games are still I think the gold standard for beat em ups. Well, I mean, you might be a little bit biased as we sit in this recording studio that is lined with Ninja Turtles paraphernalia. (laughs) There's like what? One thing in here? There's a giant poster. I see an orange Ninja Turtle over there. I see a gold Ninja Turtle up here. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's some behind me that I can't see. So, dude, you you like Ninja Turtles a lot. I do. I do like Ninja Turtles a lot, but. I don't feel like I'm like biased about the video games because they're Ninja Turtles. I There's feel a like... Ninja Turtles VHS tape sitting up on top of this acoustic acoustic treatment. Yeah, that's a yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just saying, you like the Ninja Turtles. I do like the Ninja Turtles, but even if this was like, I don't know, the X Men or the Simpsons, we were talking about. No, and I don't like. That's the thing. Like I, when we played uh, Captain America and the Avengers, like I'm sure my like obsession with marvel comics totally tainted me in that one like that game i have very fond memories of that game like i love that game it is a great game but i also realized that a lot of that love probably comes from the fact that i'm obsessed with marvel comics and marvel movies and all the marvel everything yeah i don't know i don't know it's interesting we'll have to uh we'll have to cover those ninja turtle games to see if it's just nostalgia glasses or not yeah, I mean, it. we do seem due for another Ninja Turtles game sometime yeah. here in the future. Well, maybe if uh, maybe if if Arcade 1-Up decides to put out a Ninja Turtles cabinet and I happen to get it when it comes out, then maybe we'll have the perfect excuse to play those other two. That would be great. Beautiful, beautiful games that we haven't <laughs> played yet. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else that you want to say about this game, about what it does poorly, what it does well? No, I think the game's fun, man. I, I like, think it's fun, too. I like this game. I think real quick before we transition to our final segment, it might be good just to talk a little bit about the arcade game since we did play one time all the way through the Super Nintendo version and then one time all the way through the arcade version mm-hmm. uh, on the Capcom beat up bundle for PlayStation 4. Is that yeah. what we did? Okay. It's also on Switch and Xbox One and PC. Yeah, I have it on my Switch and I love it. It's a great, great bundle. Yeah. So some things, just a quick couple things that stood out that are different. The arcade version has three players as an option. Mm-hmm. So you can be all three players. 
I did feel like, so when I was talking about the game felt a little bit sluggish, I felt like when we played the arcade version that it felt a lot more smooth. Not just in like the frame drop aspect, but I felt like our guys just moved around the screen smoothly. Maybe the frame rate is a little bit more consistent or a little higher on, yeah, on that, the arcade I mean, version. Um, part of, I'm trying to not just go, well, it's the arcade version. What do you expect? Well, yeah. But there is an element of that, like, that it's the arcade version. What do you expect? I'm just saying. I'm just trying to judge this game, you know, by today's standards or whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever our motto is as a podcast. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely better graphics, which obviously it's the arcade version, not the Super Nintendo version. And uh, but they're not so much better that not crazy better. Yeah, not crazy better. But it's like the difference between you know like uh, 480 and 720. Like there's a jump there. <sighs> Again, like I. When we turned on the arcade version, I wasn't like, whoa, this looks way different. No, it's like the exact same graphics, just a little bit higher resolution. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. The just graphics a, don't really bother me. No, the, the graphics do not bother me at all in the Super Nintendo. I think they're they're great. They're great. But you definitely do get a little bit better in the arcade version. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing to point out, the difference between the arcade version and the Super Nintendo version is there's more horses in the arcade okay. version. <laughs> so just going to my complaint about maybe not there not being very many pickups or interactable things in the levels. In the arcade version, you do get some more horses. There was only two horses that were available outside of boss battles in the Super Nintendo version. And in the arcade version, there was, a, I don't know, a handful yeah, I I feel like the arcade version was more fun overall. Um, the, the Super Nintendo version is fun, but the arcade version, you don't have to worry about how many continues you have. Yeah. The the Capcom beat-em-up bundle actually gives you flexibility for, like, you can change the difficulty if you want. You can make the game harder or easier. You can choose the number of lives that you start with, which, again, unlimited continues kind of makes that irrelevant, but it allows you uh, more control over the game. Which is nice. The blocking in the arcade version it feels a little bit harder. It's to a little do. weird. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have its own dedicated button. You have to like press the attack button and then back really quickly in succession. Yeah, I wish you could definitely map that. I mean, you might have been able to. We didn't really look at the controls. Yeah, I don't but think you can. You could map that to a button. It would be a lot better. Yeah, but overall, the arcade version felt like more fun to me. Um, I will say neither version overstayed its welcome. Nope, they're both perfect. They both came in right around an hour, and yeah. uh, it was good. No Streets of Rage 3 here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you mean that in multiple ways. <laughs> the music wasn't great, but it didn't give me a migraine. <laughs> uh, can we just figure out every episode how we can just take a jab at Streets of Rage 3? <laughs> yeah, if you haven't heard that episode, you need to just go listen to that episode. Uh, just it never ends. Yep. Legendary. It left its mark on us, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. I think we can move on to our final segment. Yeah. All right. So what would you what would you pay for the experience that you had today with the Super Nintendo version? I I paid like twenty bucks, I think. So uh <laughs> the Super I, Nintendo I know. version, man. See, I, I actually If you had unlimited money, of course. So as I said earlier in the day, we we played this game uh years ago. And it kind of ignited my my love of retro games, uh, reignited it because you know as a kid I loved these games, but uh, that was one of like the first ones that you showed me, like that I remember you like pulling out me like, hey, let's play this Super Nintendo game, and I was super pumped about it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember you telling me that it was expensive, and yeah. then I looked it up and I was like, oh, I like that game a lot, but definitely not 
paying that much for it. But yeah. I like this game so much, and it did ignite this passion for retro games for me. So if I had unlimited money, I would pay you know whatever this game was going for just for like the sentimental value of it. Not because I think that it's actually worth the amount that it's going for, but because I like this game so much and the history that we have with it. So yeah, that's a little bit different answer from me than my normal $3 remark. But I mean, you gave me the infinite money or whatever. Yeah. So I feel like this would be one of the few games that I'd just be like, I'm rich. I'm going to buy this game because I can. That's interesting. And it's almost like a violation of our policy of taking off nostalgia <laughs> glasses. But it's not really nostalgia glasses because it's not from your childhood. No. I mean, like this is just a game that, you know, has an important part in our yeah. friendship and in this podcast history. Right. And so... It, it's a little bit different, but is it worth the price of admission? So do you? Did, so what number? I don't just know. Whatever, I feel like I cost. Remember, look. Yeah, I mean, just like if you gave me infinite money, that's where that's where it breaks down because like this is one that I actually have some sort of history with. So. So what if you had amnesia and you have no memories before today? Oh <laughs> dang. Okay. So I'm a, a wealthy guy with no memories, and uh, I just played this game, and now you're asking me how much is it worth. <laughs> Do I still like like know that I like beat 'em up games? Yes. And that I have like you still uh, you still have your personality. You just don't remember playing this game before today. Okay, so as a person who likes beat 'em up games and who likes fantasy movies and settings in general, I would probably be like 12, 15 bucks on this game. Okay, that's still pretty high for you. That's really high for me. Yeah, so I'm that's... still probably being tainted by nostalgia, but whatever. <laughs> That's still five times more than you'd pay for any other game. Absolutely, especially after whatever the last episode we were talking about, you don't pay. You don't want to pay ten dollars more than ten dollars for like anything. I know. Like, I'm. Yeah, I hope nobody is like keeping track of all <laughs> these answers because I'm sure they don't make any sense. At some point, I'm going to catch up and keep track of everything that you said. It's just a giant undertaking. That so you I, can hold it against me, or for scientific purposes, uh, just so I can get a nice average. Of what video games are worth to you? <laughs> Three dollars. We've been over this. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, um, this game was a birthday present to myself. Nice. You um, need those every now and then. Yeah, once a year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I last time I bought a birthday present for myself is, but although I've been kind of liberal with it this year, I just bought myself something and I was like, "This is a birthday present," even though my birthday is not for another two months. And then I'm like, "Oh." what Whenever that Ninja Turtles arcade one up comes out, well, that was like your three-fifths birthday, a birthday present. So you know, I'm like spending a lot on myself for my birthday this year. But, anyways, I I justified the price on this one because it was my birthday and I because I wanted it and I had heard about it and I was like, this is gonna be a cool game. And I feel like I've gotten a good value out of it throughout the course of our friendship and just in general. So, uh man, my gut is saying thirty on this one. Dang. All right. Yeah. That's, that's, um, I mean, that makes sense. If I said 12 and you say 30, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's fun. And I, and I come back to it, you know, once or twice a year, at least there's something about it that just, and I don't know what it is because it's, there's nothing like particularly special about it. It's just cool. There's something cool about turning yeah. into like a giant metal tank of armor with a huge sword and just mauling through bad guys. And maybe that's what it is, is like just the the sprite changing as you level up. It's like that is that's so unusual. That's what sucked me games. into it for sure. But yeah, I'm I'm saying thirty on this one. All right. So what do you think that this one is going for on eBay? 
So yeah, I have a little bit of an idea. I feel like when we first played it a few years ago, it was like $90. Um, just knowing that this stuff kind of tends to go up. I'm going to say it's probably like $115 now. That's not even close. Oh my goodness. Maybe at, I just at, have a really bad memory. <laughs> at least not in the not in the uh the US. <laughs> I'm oh, so sorry. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> uh no, when I was looking at eBay today, it looked like this one goes from like 45 to 70. Whoa. So price charting put this one at $60 for a loose cartridge. It's dropped. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like it was in, it well, it's kind of been in the 70s ish but yeah i feel like it's dropped a little bit all right um still 60 bucks is about average for this one all right which is insane to me but that's probably what it cost when it came out so i guess it's not so bad (laughs) (laughs) it's really held its value yeah um what do you think this one's going for complete uh hundred and seventy dollars Hundred and eighty four dollars. All right, for not too price bad. Not too bad. That's what do you mean? Not too bad. I'm just talking about your like, guess. No, that's that's the, awful. <laughs> my guess was pretty close. That's terrible. Don't spend yeah, that much. Yeah, hundred eighty four dollars. I'm just like, oh Lord, have mercy. But uh, you know, we keep talking about the PAL region. Yeah, this and is, how it's just terrible. I know. I feel so bad for all you in the PAL region. Yeah, it's. Uh, I never realized. Like I thought, retro collecting was getting bad here in recent years just because the market's gone up and all that stuff. But like, I feel especially bad for the PAL region because it seems like everything you over feel, there. You feel bad for all our PALs overseas. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop. Please don't unsubscribe. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> it's been a good run. <laughs> the show is done. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Dad jokes uh, took us down, and it wasn't even from the one of us that's a dad. <laughs> um, what do you think this is going for, the PAL region? Oh, it's got to be something stupid. I'm going to say like $330. <laughs> no, man. Oh, sorry, 330 euros. No. Um, this one for a loose cartridge is going for $101. Yeah, that's like 300 euros, I think. But what do you, what do you, <laughs> what do you think this is going for complete in the PAL region's? Uh, like 330 euros. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea, man. $487. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Almost $500. Yeah. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. It's terrible. Oh, man. All right. Well, so $60. Yeah. Is Wor- it worth, worth it? Worth it or worthless? No, it's got to It's worthless. This is the thing. This is the thing. Like, you can get this in a collection for any modern console for 20 bucks, maybe yeah. less on sale. And yeah. it's got some awesome games on there. Usually like 12 bucks on sale. 12 bucks? Holy I think cow. it goes on sale pretty often. I think There's every couple months it's on sale. Absolutely no reason to buy this game for the Super Nintendo if you have a modern console. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. You're getting a, a worse version of the game for like quadruple the price. You're not a retro collector, Jordan. I'm not, but like that's not the point of the worth it or worthless. Is is the game worth it by today's standards for the price that it's going for? I'm torn on this one. Well, of course you are. 
Take off those nostal- nostalgia-tinted glasses. I don't have nostalgia-tinted glasses on Damn, this one. I'm looking at your I never glasses right now. They are so a... fogged with nostalgia, I can't hardly see the, your pupils right now. <laughs> Jordan, I've only had this game for like four years. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not talking about like nostalgia for this game in general, but just like the Super Nintendo, like the idea of old-timey beat-em-up games. Hmm. Sixty dollars, Dan. Sixty dollars sounds about like what I paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> I might have paid less. I I have to look. I still I think I still have the price tag, but yeah, I don't know if this one's worth or worthless to me. Especially uh, because the arcade version is easily accessible, right? Not only on the Capcom beat 'em up bundle, but. There's also... Uh, I also had it on like the PlayStation 2 Capcom yeah. Museum or something like that. Capcom Collections Volume 2 yeah. for Xbox and PS2. So I actually played this game with my wife way back when we were in high school and didn't even know because I was just playing through like all those random games on mm. there. But I specifically remember like the leveling up aspect of it and thinking that was cool and never remembering the name of it. But then you showed me it. So that's just a whole other aspect of this. Yeah, there's also a PSP version of it. Well, that's you just... Have, for for my Vita fans out there, oh, that's just like the beta Switch, right? Yep, that's where Nintendo got the idea for the Switch from. Was was the the PS Vita, and then they improved it in every way. I mean, they just made a new version of it. Whatever, man. Took all the functionality that the Vita already had, and I see. This is why modernized we, it. <laughs> this is why <laughs> five years later we should not record the podcast after bedtime because I think we're just rambling now. <laughs> I think that's gonna wrap us up. I think we're good. You wow! You just don't want me to talk about the Vita. I think that's what it really is. Well, that and it's you know I just I'm ready for bed. I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, really a night owl. Oh my word! All right, so uh, <laughs> do you have anything else? I don't think so. I love this game. It's really fun. Pick it up in the Capcom bundle. Uh, I actually do have something else. You know, we like to always look at a review or comment from the week, so we can end on this. So shout out to Kalua Kwame, who you know, so often we we talk about, hey, follow us on Instagram or Twitter if you're listening to the show. But I think that there's actually a lot of people who follow us on Instagram and Twitter who don't listen to the show. And Kalua Kwame <laughs> was one of those people. He sent us this message. He said, "So after loving and stalking your profile, I just realized that you have a podcast and it's on Spotify." You have a new subscriber. I skimmed through the titles, and all those games are legendary. Diddy Kong Racing, Tony Hawk. I now have something new to listen to. Thanks. So thanks to Kalua Kwame. We hope that you're listening to this. Yeah, Um, that's awesome. If you listen to the podcast regularly and you don't know about our Instagram and Twitter and social media, follow us on there. We have lots of cool stuff, not just about the podcast, but about all these old games and the stuff from our past that will bring you back and fully put your nostalgia goggles on and that is okay because we love these old games, even if they're not worth the price that they're going for all the time. Or even if we don't know <laughs> whether or not something's worth it or worthless, because I still don't think I said that this game is worthless because I don't think I can bring myself to it. I know. It's it's the hard thing about the whole binary choice thing, but the Super Nintendo version of this game is worthless. Yeah. And we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. Bye. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at WIOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. 
If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.